And I don't want women to have to feel any longer that their workout is dictated by their calorie burn, that their worth is dictated by their calorie burn. I don't want women to have to feel like they have to share how many calories they're burning, right, in order to feel better about themselves. I want women to be strong. I want women to feel well-fed. I want women to feel empowered and uplifted during their workouts. I want you guys to see what your body is fully, fully capable of doing when you feed it right, when you diet intelligently, when you work out in a way that's really going to give you results. I want you guys to feel that because I know so deeply now how it feels to be on the other side. And it really wasn't that long ago where I was in your shoes and I was struggling with my workouts and I was struggling on my weight loss journey and I was struggling with the scale and I was struggling with food. This is the Lift, Nourish, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Julia Feliciano, a health and fitness coach and entrepreneur whose passion to help you train and diet intelligently stemmed from my own eating disorder triggered by myths in the health and fitness industry. You know, things like don't eat past 7 p.m., carbs make you fat, and you must slave away on an elliptical machine seven days a week to lose weight. Here, I debunk fitness and nutrition myths with both brains and sass so that you can finally lose weight and keep it off so that you can optimize your time in the gym and not have to worry if what you're doing is going to help you reach your goals or not so that you can stop spending seven days a week in the gym and wasting your time with your weight loss efforts so that you can finally find balance in the gym and stop freaking out if your chicken is fried or grilled so that you can finally have the confidence in your life to be the woman that you want to be. Now, let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Lift, Nourish, and Thrive podcast. Oh my god. Guys, I have no musical talent at all, uh, which is pretty ironic because my sister is a cellist. I believe she has her doctorate in music education and performance. I don't know if that's 110% correct, but she is super smart and super talented. Meanwhile, in sixth grade, I was encouraged to quit the violin because I didn't try very hard and I just wasn't very good at it. So it's pretty interesting how my sister and I differ in that way. But she is a amazing cellist, an amazing woman who is super intelligent, super loving, super giving. She has the biggest heart and her and I laugh in the same exact way, which is so funny, but it's also very creepy at the same time when we hear each other laugh. So if you're listening to this right now, Lib, I love you. Wanted to talk about you for a little bit. Um, But also guys, right now I am super excited about a lot of cool things that are going on inside of Lift, Nourish, and Thrive. And the first thing that I want to share with you is if you are not following me on Instagram right now, definitely go give me a follow, Julia with two underscores, Feliciano. I am very active on that platform. And if you do follow me, you know that I am currently hosting a free five-day challenge 
where I am educating you on the ins and outs of lifting and macro tracking for fat loss. So it is a great community of women who are sharing some of the same struggles on their diet and weight loss and fitness journeys. And I am talking about certain things, certain topics each day of the challenge that I am finding that a lot of women are struggling with. So it is an educational challenge. It is not this type of challenge where, you know, I'm, you know, seeing who can lose the most weight in five days because you guys know that that's just not who I am as a coach. I do not practice that. I do not preach that. That's just you know, not sustainable. And in Lift, Nourish, and Thrive, we are all about sustainability with your diet, your fitness goal, your workouts, and things like that. So that is currently going on right now. And if you are interested in joining that community, by going on to Facebook, you can search for Lift, Nourish, Thrive with Julia Feliciano and join this free community where you are going to be supported by women who are going through what you're going through. You're going to be able to learn things from me that you can apply directly to your fitness and your weight loss goals. And I am so excited about this community that I am building because this is where it's at, guys. This is going to allow us to be empowered, strong, well-fed women. And we are building this community and this mindset so that we do not have to feel victim to, you know, eating very little foods and making ourselves as small as possible and all of these false things that the diet culture and the fitness industry has told us. And we're breaking away from that female societal norm. And that is what my community in the Facebook group is all about. And I'm also super excited and let me know what you guys think about this. I am thinking of every Wednesday when I release a podcast episode, um, I am thinking of titling it as WTF Wednesday. And what that is going to entail is me debunking very common nutrition diet, and fitness myths. Now, these are the types of myths that we have been told that we have to follow in order to lose weight on our fitness goals. So things like eating past 6 p.m. will make us fat. Does lifting make us bulky? Does sugar cause weight gain? Uh, Is it okay to, you know, try to boost my metabolism by putting butter in my coffee, right? All of these certain myths that are existing right now, these are myths that also cause a lot of fear-mongering. And I have been there. The root of my struggles on my weight loss journey and the root of my struggles with uh, my eating disorder and disordered eating were because of the myths, these false myths within the diet and the fitness industry. And that is why I'm so passionate to spread the word that these myths do not exist. You do not have to believe these myths. Here is what you actually need to do based upon the evidence, based upon the science, so that you don't have to waste your time with these myths. So let me know if you guys are going to be interested in me doing that. I'm probably going to um, come up with a few different topics over the next few weeks so that we can get the ball rolling. So the more people I can educate on these false myths, the more people I am going to be able to help and the more you are going to be able to make actual, real, sustainable progress so that you do not have to feel like your fitness and your weight loss goal is your forever goal. So that is the reason behind why I want to do the WTF Wednesday series on this podcast. So 
What we are going to be diving into with today's topic is something that I definitely have been there, something that I know so many women dictate their productivity within their fitness goal on if they are feeling this way after their workouts. And that topic, and that topic is, is soreness and sweat a sign of a good workout? So back in the day, um, if I was not crawling out of the gym, if I did not feel like I had to vomit after my workouts, if I was not super sore to the point where I felt like I had to tell everybody around me, and I'm talking about everybody, that I was super sore and almost have this like bragging right of, oh my God, I'm so sore. Everybody look at me, right? (laughs) That my workout was a waste. And I thought that if I was not super sweaty, and super sore that I wasn't going to lose weight. And now I know how that is the farthest from the truth. So when you guys think about sweating, okay, we can literally sweat by doing anything. We can sweat by literally just sitting in a hot room, right? We can sweat by walking around the food store, right, with a coat on. We can sweat by having sex. We can sweat by shoveling. We can sweat by doing so many different things. Now, sweat does not equate to fat burning. So that term, sweat is fat crying, please excuse my eye roll because that is just not truth. That is not the truth. Um, Sweat does not make you quote unquote, burn fat. There's a lot more that goes into being able to actually burn fat and keep it off. And now what I want to share with you guys in regards to this topic is waist trainers, right? If you're familiar with a waist trainer, maybe you have purchased one in the past. I personally never did. Um, But what it basically does is it goes around your waist and it basically like really sucks you in. So the fact that you're being so sucked in is going to kind of contort the appearance of your stomach. And then what it's also going to do is it's going to make you sweat within specifically your stomach area. And it's going to give you that immediate sense of, oh my God, something's working because I'm sweating, right? In reality, what you're doing is you're sweating out water weight. And as I've talked about before, water weight is very, very easy to manipulate. It is super, super easy to manipulate scale weight by sweating a lot. And it's something that I've talked about in previous podcast episodes. So if you want actual real body fat loss within your body, it's not going to come through losing weight through water because of the fact that the second you start eating regularly again, and the second you start drinking more water and hydrating yourself, you're going to see that scale weight rise. And you're going to be like, what the hell, right? Compared to when you weighed yourself after you took off your waist trimmer. So um, I have personally never experienced using one. I didn't really have an interest back in the day when I was struggling, Um, but I see so many women investing into purchasing these perfect waist trimmers when in reality, you know, you're going to be 
better off in the long term investing into things that are actually going to give you results. And if something seems too good to be true, like being able to quote unquote burn stubborn belly fat by putting something around your waist, right? Really question that. Um, And what I want to get into next is in regards to that term fat burning and sweat equating to fat burning, right? The term fat burning in itself is a quote unquote very sexy phrase to use, right? It sounds so cool. It sounds so real. It sounds like it's something that's so possible. So when you hear things like do this fat burning, metabolism boosting, extra toning class, right? You're thinking, wow, those are so some really great promises you're telling me. You're telling me it's going to boost my metabolism. You're telling me it's going to fat burn my trouble areas. You're telling me it's going to tone the areas of my body that I really want, right? So just be aware that all of these phrases are used to make consumers feel like this is what they have to do because that is what consumers want. But in reality, those are not the things in itself going to sweat a lot right is not going to automatically boost your metabolism is not going to automatically burn fat right there's a lot more that goes into actually losing body fat so when somebody makes that promise in it of itself that this is going to make you burn body fat this is going to tone you right really really question that and i've been there guys I know how it feels to want to feel that sense of accomplishment, right? But understand that that is not going to automatically open the gates for you to lose a bunch of weight and finally have the body that it is that you want. A personal example with me today is I did a different type of workout uh, on my lifts. So normally I was kind of sticking to for a very long time Um, like an upper push, lower pull type split. So an example of that would be something like a bench press followed by something with deadlifts and incorporating those different push-pull movements, right? Um, But I was finding that um, I wanted to kind of open up my ideas and open up how I was lifting and just try something a little bit different, right? Now, when I did that, I was a little bit more tired after today's workout than I normally was because it was a full, just lower body workout, right? I did squats, I did hip thrusts, I did single leg hip thrusts. What else did I do? Glute bridges, um, deadlifts. I did a full lower body workout. And now that was something that I wasn't necessarily used to. So I was sweating more and I was definitely more tired afterwards. Now, does that mean I'm going to gain all of this muscle and burn all of this fat because I did a different form of lifting today? No, (laughs) I do not feel like after that, that I was going to be making all of this progress. If anything, it was a cool learning lesson on how my body you know, reacted to a different type of lift that day. And it was pretty cool and I'm enjoying moving forward with that. So in terms of lifting as well, right? So many people also believe that soreness is an indication of a good workout 
and that it is also an indication of muscle growth. So the kind of science behind muscle growth a little bit is yes, when we are lifting weights and when we are sore, right? Those micro tears of our muscle is basically a little bit of muscle damage. But now what's going to allow you to actually be able to build muscle is letting yourself recover from that and also being able to make sure that you are following those exercises for at least four to six weeks to see some type of adaptation. And with that adaptation comes muscle growth. That is why that myth, do a different workout every time you work out to confuse your body, is a myth. But that's not the myth we are addressing today. So something that is really interesting is some muscles appear to be more prone to DOMS, right, delayed onset muscle soreness than others. And there seems to be a genetic component that causes certain people to experience more soreness overall, right? Where some people barely get sore, right? And I definitely am someone who gets super sore. Let me know if you are too, right? But in addition, a certain level of high soreness should be regarded as somewhat detrimental because it's also a sign that you have exceeded the capacity, right, for the muscle to efficient, efficiently repair itself, right? So excessive soreness can also uh, impede our ability to train, right, especially optimally. And that's going to cause us to have a sense of decreased motivation to train. We've all been there where we've been really sore from our workouts. And the last thing you can imagine is squatting on Wednesday when you squatted on Monday and you're super sore, right? So when people think that DOMS or, you know, muscle soreness is assessing a workout quality, right? That's very, very limited and it should not be used as a gauge of results or not, right? There is no evidence that muscle development is going to allow you to fail to get sore post-exercise, okay? There is no evidence behind that. So if you're chasing soreness, right, just keep that in mind. Keep that evidence in mind that there is no evidence, right, that muscle development is going to allow you to get that even faster because you are sore, So really, really keep that in mind. And when I program for all of my clients, when I write their workout plans, I make sure that they are managing their soreness, right? I ask questions on my client check-in sheets to assess soreness, to see how they're recovering from their workouts. Because with recovery from your workouts, there is also a lot of different things that go into your ability to recover properly or if you're not recovering properly. And if you are finding that you are someone who always gets very, very super sore on your program, take a closer look into your nutrition because if you're not eating enough food, especially carbohydrates and protein, you're going to possibly feel even more sore. And if you're not getting enough sleep, sleep is where muscle growth occurs, right? That is why sleep and recovery is so important so that you can recover from those workouts. And these are all things that I assess for my clients to make sure that they are progressing in the right way possible. Another little fun fact 
is muscle growth also occurs right at any lengthening phase of a workout or an exercise, excuse me. So if you think of doing a deadlift or an an RDL, right, when you think of that stretch that you feel in the back of your hamstrings, right, as you sit your hips back and you're loading up those legs, that, that lengthening phase, that stretch that you feel, that's actually where muscle growth occurs, right? So that's something to also keep in mind while you're lifting is really try to make sure that you're feeling that lengthening phase of each exercise that you're doing because you want to be able to really focus on that because that is where the magic happens. So slow down going down into your squat, right? Slow down going into your deadlift. You want to make sure that you're doing the movement efficiently. You know, you see so many videos out there of people lifting for likes and lifting a ton of weight or lifting super fast because it looks cool when in reality, we can all slow down that movement. And a little bit of an advanced technique are doing tempos, um, counting down three, two, one, one, right, is also a great way to really feel that stretch in the areas that we're working, right, when you're lifting. And it's a great way to make a movement harder without having to add weight. And the ladies inside Lift Nourish Thrive know all know I am all about tempo and slowing that movement down, feeling that burn, right, going for that, and knowing that that's what we want to be focusing on, right? So, It's something that, you know, not a lot of people talk about and it doesn't sound very sexy, right? You're telling me just to slow the movement down. Yeah, you don't have to jump up and down like a crazy woman. You don't have to do all these pulse exercises and all of these things that we see that because that's what's going to quote unquote make us get a bigger butt and allow us to gain lots of muscle, right? You don't have to do those things. The basics of lifting is going to give you the results as long as you're consistent with them. And that is something that I really, really wish that I would have known back in the day when I struggled with all of these things. So I also want to talk about in today's episode, right, when we are sweating and we are, quote unquote, maybe burning a lot of calories, right, these fitness trackers that tell us, you know, how many calories we're burning. Now, I used to have a polar watch back in the day, and when that polar watch was reflecting in a a calorie burn that I wasn't happy with, right? I would literally freak out. I would be staring at my watch the whole time, making sure I was burning enough calories, seeing how high I can get my heart rate. And it was just this vanity metric that I felt like I had to always meet, right? Because that's what I thought would give me the results on my weight loss goal. So here is a public service announcement about the calorie burn amount on your fitness tracker, right? So fitness trackers use our height, our weight, our arm movement, and indirect heart rate to plug values into a predetermined algorithm, right, that gives us a a good guess on our total energy expenditure. So they often overestimate our output. So if you see 600 calories burned and think, oh man, that's so awesome, I can go eat 600 calories more Our metabolism doesn't really work like that. So our metabolism is adaptive. And if you burn a lot in a workout, it will slightly cap what you expend, what you burn outside of that workout because our body wants us to live. It wants us to limit a certain extent of our total daily output outside of your workout as a way to almost just basically kind of keep you alive and feeling well, right? So when you really think about that, 
it's pretty mind-boggling um, that one, our metabolism actually will adapt to burning a lot of calories in a workout and it will slightly cap what we expend outside of it. So when I learned that, I was like, oh, wow, like there's no need for me to feel like I need to burn a lot of calories, right? So the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys is because every day I see women thinking that they need to have something. They need to go buy something. They need to eat something. They need to limit something in order to reach their weight loss goals, right? They always have to feel like they need to do more when in reality, what you guys need to do is just learn methods that actually work and learn why they work. So instead of spending your money on expensive devices, right, chasing a calorie burn amount, you could be investing into a coach, a one-time training program even, a book, etc., to really educate you on what will help you actually succeed in that given moment, but also for the long term. And you can keep doing it on your own and you can keep spinning your wheels, right? Or we can do it together, right? And you can finally have the clarity that you are looking for. And I don't want women to have to feel any longer that their workout is dictated by their calorie burn, that their worth is dictated by their calorie burn. I don't want women to have to feel like they have to share how many calories they're burning, right, in order to feel better about themselves. I want women to be strong. I want women to feel well-fed. I want women to feel empowered and uplifted during their workouts. I want you guys to see what your body is fully, fully capable of doing when you feed it right, when you diet intelligently, when you work out in a way that's really going to give you results. I want you guys to feel that because I know so deeply now how it feels to be on the other side. And it really wasn't that long ago where I was in your shoes and I was struggling with my workouts and I was struggling on my weight loss journey and I was struggling with the scale and I was struggling with food, right? It was not that long ago that I was there right there with you guys and you know as you guys know i'm so passionate about being able to help each and every one of you especially in the masses the more people i can help the better i can sleep at night so if you have any questions about this episode that we talked about today leave a comment on this podcast leave a review when you review the Lift Nourish Thrive podcast on iTunes, right? It's that little purple app that says podcasts. If you have an iPhone, right? You receive a complimentary coaching call with me and you can address anything that you're currently struggling with on your fitness journey within that call. If it's how much to eat, what types of foods to eat, what types of workouts are going to work best for you? How can you make sure that you sustain the weight that maybe you've lost, right? All of these questions can be answered for you and I can help you through them within that complimentary coaching call. So I really hope you guys were able to learn something with today's episode. As always, if you have any questions or you feel like you want to reach out, for help, right? You can always DM me on Instagram and shoot me a message. Let me know what you're going through. Let me know what you thought about this podcast episode. Let me know if you want me to continue the WTF Wednesday series. All right. So thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode and I will see you in the next one.